Welcome to Haven Today at Christmas time. Happy holidays, season's greetings, exuberant expression often uttered this time of year. Some Christians feel they're spoken to take Jesus out of the season. But if we reply with an angry Merry Christmas, perhaps we too are missing Jesus. Sometimes a few bad experiences with well-intentioned believers can color a holiday all wrong. As we sing about joy to the world, I pray we find the true joy of Jesus in our hearts. Christmas is not a competition to see how often we can get Christ's name out to the masses. Christmas is that rare opportunity to boldly love the way Jesus loves. I think of angels who said to the shepherds, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. This Christmas, may we share in love the news about Jesus with everyone, because God offers grace to everyone. And that grace should lead to the joy for all nations and all peoples. I'm Charles Morris here on a Friday. And we're wrapping up a series called What Christmas is All About. In a moment, I want to look at the gift that the Apostle Peter says both prophets and angels long to see. What was that gift? Or should I say who was that gift they so wanted to see? We'll see in a moment that it was the promised Messiah, Jesus Christ. And then after the program, I want to give you an opportunity to make a tax-deductible gift to this radio ministry that's 100% supported by a friend like you. And as our thanks, we'll send you Fernando Ortega's Christmas Songs album. What child is this who lay to rest On Mary's lap is sleeping Joy to the world The Lord is come Just a couple of songs from Fernando's Christmas Songs album. These carols are full of the gospel truth. They'll warm your heart as you listen. So call us after the program and make your Christmas gift to Haven Ministries at 800-65-HAVEN. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online and listen to samples we have there from the CD and make your gift at haventoday.org. haventoday.org. And just before we open with a holy night, we still have the boxed set of Little Pilgrim's Big Journey with parts one and two for your gift as well. It's a modern retelling of John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress that'll help both kids and adults better understand the story that leads them to Jesus. Full of illustrations, bound in a cloth hardback cover, and it comes with a study guide, a gift that will be much loved in a new year. Ask about it when you call or go online to look at the illustrations. And now, let's open with the choir of King's College, Cambridge.
This is Haven Today and a program we're calling What Christmas is All About. And I'm Charles Morris, and that was a song proclaiming the meaning of Christmas. O Holy Night, sung by the King's College Choir at Cambridge for their hundred years of nine lessons and carols. Something happened at that holy night, that very first Christmas, that First Peter tells us about. The greatest Old Testament prophets and angels longed to see. They heard the voice of God but they never got to see Jesus in the flesh. Concerning this salvation, the Apostle Peter writes, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you. Who is that grace? Well, that grace is Jesus. The prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come searched intently and with the greatest care. Verse 11 in 1 Peter, it says, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. Did you hear that? The prophets searched intently and with the greatest care. They looked, they even longed to see the person about whom they were prophesying, but they never saw Jesus. We know the one they were looking forward to. First Peter goes on to make this clear. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. Did you hear that? This is remarkable. The prophets and the angels both long to see the one who has now come and whose birth we celebrate every year on December 25th. Now Moses was the greatest Old Testament prophet He was the first prophet of God, Numbers 12, all the way back at the beginning of the Bible, the third book, saying that Moses was one of a kind in his own day because he was the most humble man on all the face of the earth. The Lord tells us that when he spoke with Moses, it was different than speaking to other prophets. Numbers 12, verse 6, when there was a prophet among you, I, the Lord, revealed to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. This was a great gift from God that he would show himself to a prophet at all. There were times in Israel when there was no word at all from the Lord. But for Moses, the Lord says he was a -a one-of-a-kind prophet. For him there were no riddles. Numbers 12, verse 8. With him, Moses, I speak face to face, clearly, and not in riddles. And then this little phrase, he sees the form of the Lord. Think about that. Moses was a -a one-of-a-kind prophet. He heard the very words from God without any confusing riddles, and he saw the very form of God. If we go back another book to the book of Exodus, the second book of the Bible, the Lord says more about Moses. Exodus 33, verse 11, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face. We heard that in Numbers 12, but now the expansion, the Lord would speak to Moses as one speaks to a friend. Moses, the prophet, was one of a kind. But First Peter says this special prophet longed to see Jesus. He longed to know the person we already have seen and heard about in the four Gospels of the New Testament and through the rest of the New Testament. When the great prophet Isaiah said these Christmas words, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, even Isaiah long to see Jesus. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you were small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me 
one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Micah 5.2. Who was the one who would come to be ruler over Israel? That would be Jesus. Micah, as well, was a prophet who searched and inquired to know who it would be to fulfill this most amazing prophecy that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem and would rule over Israel. He longed to see Jesus. And then there's Zechariah 9.9. Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. We hear the words of a prophet pointing, searching, wondering who would be the one to fulfill these words. But you, but me, by reading and hearing the words inspired by the Holy Spirit, get to see Jesus himself riding as the unique king who entered Jerusalem humbly and lowly, riding on a donkey. This was the greatest prophet to come. Finally, we hear the last words of the Old Testament, the last final prophet Malachi saying, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. And then suddenly, the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. Then we get to the New Testament. On the first pages, we hear this messenger of God, John the Baptist, making straight the way of the Lord. And Jesus, the one we all desired to see, the one the prophets and the angels were looking forward to seeing. Remember? Where I began just a few moments ago, I said that the Apostle Peter tells us all the prophets long to see the grace gift, the greatest gift of the Word of God, capital W word, in the flesh. 1 Peter 1, verses 10 and 11, concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. So what have we done the last few moments together? We've seen the uniqueness of Moses, the one whom God spoke to as a friend. We heard the prophecies of Isaiah, Micah, Zechariah, and the last of the Old Testament prophets, Malachi. And yet there was no prophet like Jesus, because he was the very word of God who became flesh. The greatest prophets of the Old Testament longed to see him. But what about the angels? First Peter 1 tells us even the angels longed to look into these things. The book of Hebrews begins with an amazing testimony of Jesus' superiority. The fact that he was a better witness of God, better than the angels. For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son? Today I have become your father. Or again, from Psalm 110, I will be his father and he will be my son. Now listen to Hebrews 1, verse 6. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, Let all God's angels worship him. Do you see how amazing this testimony of our Lord, born humbly in a manger, is actually God in the flesh? The angels were called to worship him. Only God could be worshipped by angels. 
But if you go forward a chapter in Hebrews to chapter 2, verse 14 to 16, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not the angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. Did you catch that? The angels longed to look into these things, but Jesus didn't come to help them. He didn't come to help and save the angels. He came to rescue those who descended from Abraham. And that is you and me. Even if we celebrate Christmas this year by ourselves, or we feel lonely and maybe even forgotten by the Lord, we must see how unique and one of a kind this birth of God in the flesh was. No prophet of the Old Testament, and not even the angels, got to taste and see the Jesus, the Savior of the world, that we have been able to see. The Apostle John comforted the people in his congregation he loved so much. He called them his little children. He wanted to comfort them with this good news. Jesus really was God in the flesh. Listen to all the senses that he mixes together in the opening of his letter. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim according to the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. If we want to encounter the person who prophets and angels wanted so badly to know, look to that person. Look to the one born and whose birth we celebrate every year. Look to the gift of grace for us at Christmas. Look to Jesus and think about the night that he was born when the angels finally got their wish come true. They saw the only begotten son born in a manger in Bethlehem. I said we were going to hear another Christmas story from the Jesus Storybook Bible. It's a story of that final prophet who was looking forward to what was to come. And here it is read for us today by a Jewish believer in Jesus Christ, British actor David Suchet. Have you ever been to a party that lasted a whole week? How about a sermon that went on all day? Well, that's what happened to God's people after they came home from being slaves. They had forgotten how God wanted them to live, or who they were supposed to be. So Ezra and Nehemiah read them the rules God had given Moses. But something odd happened. The more the sermon went on, the sadder they all got. Why? Was the sermon that boring? No, not really. It was strange, you see. As Ezra read the book of rules, it worked like a mirror. It showed them what they were like, and they didn't like what they saw. They saw that they had not been living the way they should. They saw that they were cruel and selfish. We've blown it, they cried. Now God will punish us. They thought they knew what God was going to do, but they didn't. Of course, they might have picked up a clue from Ezra's name, which means help is here, and an even stronger one from Nehemiah's name, because his name means God wipes away our tears. And that, as you'll see, 
is just exactly what God was getting ready to do. Ezra looked at God's children. Great hot tears were welling up in their eyes and streaming down their cheeks. He stopped his sermon mid-sentence and shut the book. We're having a party, he shouted. And so that's just what they did all week long. God wants us to be happy, Ezra said. All day they listened to stories about the wonderful things God had done for his people. How he made the world, how he gave a special promise to Abraham, how he rescued them from slavery, how he spoke to Moses and showed them how to live, how he brought them to a special land. How he rescued them, no matter what, time after time, over and over again, because of his never-stopping never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever, love. They remembered how God had always, all through the years, been loving his children, keeping his promise to Abraham, taking care of them, forgiving them, even when they disobeyed, even when they ran away from him, even when they thought they didn't need him. Then God told his children something more. I can't stop loving you. You are my heart's treasure, but I lost you. Now I am coming back for you. I am like the sun that gently shines on you, chasing away darkness and fear and death. You'll be so happy. You'll be like little calves running free in an open field. I am going to send my messenger, the promised one, the one you've been waiting for, the rescuer. He is coming, so get ready. It had taken centuries for God's people to be ready, but now the time had almost come for the best part of God's plan. God himself was going to come, not to punish his people, but to rescue them. God was getting ready to wipe away every tear from every eye and the true party was just about to begin. What child is this who lay to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping whom angels greet with Sweet, while shepherds watch our keeping. Why lies he in such mean estate where rocks and ass are feeding? Good Christians fear for sinners here. The silent word is pleading. This, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Haste, haste to bring Him out, the babe, the Son. 
We've been playing this album for you this Christmas, and it's really warmed my heart here at Haven Ministries. What Child Is This? from Fernando Ortega's Christmas Songs album here on Haven Today and a program called What Christmas Is All About. And as a thanks to you for sending your Christmas gift to the ministry, I'd like to send you this special album. The number you can still call right now is 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. You can listen to samples from the album if you go online, and you can make your gift there at haventoday.org. haventoday.org. And our last reminder before we go, we still have the boxed set of Little Pilgrim's Big Journey with books one and two in it. It includes a link for the free audio version of the books as well. These special books retell Pilgrim's Progress for a new generation. Help a family learn more about Jesus and the Christian walk in this new year. Ask about that when you call or go online to look at the illustrations. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again next time when again we'll share together the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today at Christmas time. For your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Camping. It's almost as American as baseball and apple pie. Tents, campfires, hiking, wildlife all over the place. Whether you're in a desert or a mountain forest, there's a campsite waiting for you. But that doesn't mean all camping trips are created equal. Far from it. Sometimes they go off without a hitch. Other times it rains, even snows. You discover the hole in your tent, or a bear runs off with your sleeping bag or some food while you were out hiking. But there's one tent that's better than any campsite. God's tent. It's where he dwells. And through Jesus Christ, we're welcome there. As King David once wrote, I long to dwell in your tent forever and take refuge in the shelter of your wings. Get started with Anchor Devotional today. Visit GetAnchor.com.